seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. Well, you look at that. It is episode number 73, the very first episode of our World War Three part of our lives. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. How are you? You know, I am doing okay, Rohit. I am doing, I'd say medium. And you, you know what's frustrating today? What's that? Um, there's a company called Apple. And... They make computers and phones and all this stuff that we use, and we need them. They're really important to our lives. They even make TV shows, and which we'll get to later. What's annoying to me about Apple right now is that I realized yesterday that my Apple computer was broken. It didn't work anymore. And... Man, does that suck when your computer breaks and you really need it for a lot of things to do that day. And so yesterday I had a lot of things to do, but I didn't have my Apple computer because it wasn't working. And so I was really upset. And then this morning I had to go and get the Apple computer fixed. And I went to the Apple store bright and early and it's taken all day and it still all isn't fixed and it's still a mess. So I'm mad at Apple, Rohit. Ooh, well... I cannot comment one way or another about <laughs> what's going on with your computer. Maybe it's user error. Maybe it's not. But um, so they are repairing it then. Or no. Like is it, is it in the process of being repaired? By Apple? Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's like seven processes going on at once right now. There's backups happening. There were new computers purchased that are going to be returned. There's... Things it just it's also what I realized it's really not Apple's fault. I won't blame Apple. It's that we are so conditioned to need these systems in our lives, uh-huh. and when they aren't working, it's like it's like all of a sudden your legs don't work. Like you yeah. wake up and your legs aren't working because everything like we're just used to the certain ways, even the certain like I don't want notifications. I don't want. I, I want emails to be a certain way. I want it to look a certain way. If it doesn't, it feels like something's off in life and it throws off our whole equilibrium. You kind know, of like kind of like a war. Yeah, kind of like a war. And actually, it's a pretty good um, segue, but I just want to ask, you know, because today our theme is obviously going to be Russia. And, yeah, yeah. and there, we can't call it a war yet because right now it's just one country that's trying to occupy the other country defending themselves. But, um, we, there's actually, it brings an interesting question, you know, and what we are calling the segment today, um, news from the bomb shelter <laughs> and which is also just to be clear, we're not, there are people who are actually hiding in subways, hiding under buildings and stuff. And, we feel for them. So this is almost honoring the plight because it is so unfair that they're having to go through all of that. And we, we feel like we might be there too someday. Soon. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of, so- it's a solidarity. And, and the thing I, 
I wonder, Aaron, you mentioned our dependence on these computers. I mean, hell, I have a coworker who left his computer at the bar last night and we just, just tracked it down maybe two hours ago that it was at the it was still at the bar. And he's been without his computer all day. But fortunately he can work from his phone, but even that is crippling. So you wonder what happens. You know, you've got all these kinds of bombs, you got nukes, you've got, you know, dirty bombs and all these kind of things, right? All this type of warfare. But imagine an EMP, like a global EMP or one that takes out all the electronics and melts down all the electronics. Imagine that in our entire country, all of our memories, you know, all the photos, all of our work, bank accounts, everything like is just wiped out pure carnage. And some, some may argue that could be worse than a nuke because what you have is you still have the entire population, but now everybody has lost everything. And then you have a huge population that's really desperate. And that's a zombie apocalypse. That's yeah. actually, that is worse. That's you can't even hide on an Island because yeah. you, everyone's I'm like, like go think about that listeners. And, and then you might want to turn off the show because it's so disturbing, but think about that for one second. If you had nothing right now, so none of this stuff that we rely on, like I wouldn't know, for example, how to get a hold of you. I'd have no idea how to get a hold of you. I I would be able to drive to your house. I know where you right. live. But then you might even know if I'm home, right? Yeah. Are you and home? Are you not home? No, you wouldn't be able to drive to my house because the EMP would probably take out the the, uh, the computer on your car. Oh, so I'd have to totally guess where you live. Yeah. You'd have to walk or ride a bike. Oh, my gosh. Unless, uh, like, you have, like, a... 90s car and earlier um, i don't yeah neither do i all right so we don't want this we really don't that this would be the worst possible <laughs> war ever because if if this happened also like no one would matt like no one would mean anything anymore we would yeah. it would all just be a oh yeah because it, it's all cashless too for the most part yeah it's, yeah think of, it's like literally the people that would have the best preparation are the ones that have stocks of supplies, the ones that can run their own farms, the ones that have the weapons and the ones that kind of have the power of numbers. That's it's just literally restarting civilization. That, that's what an EMP would do. Well, right. let's, uh, I, I, anyway, how, how <laughs> I, um, we hope you're still listening. This got very dark, very fast. Yeah, we don't have hope for uh, for that. There, there is that's a it's just a weird thing to think about. Like I do have hope for that. Is that I don't there are there is electromagnetic pulse technology. Obviously, it's it's not just from Iron Man and the MCU, but we I don't I've never heard. I mean, I'm not necessarily privy to national security and military uh, intel for many nations, including our own. But um, I'd imagine that EMPs used as weapons of war are being developed, but I, I wonder if how powerful or, or wide-ranging one could be. More likely, they could just have hackers shut down the grid um, and kind of like just wipe everything out, move accounts, this and that. But that's a lot more work. But anyway. Yeah, no one wants that. Well, no. but we what we are doing, we are in the middle of a terrible situation in in Ukraine. One thing I know that I feel hopeless about, because should we just go into it? Like, yeah, let's just, yeah, let's just get into it. Um, so 
Yeah. I, it, it's going on right now. Yesterday, the uh, the Biden gave the State of the Union, which which a bunch of the focus was on the war. It uh, it's a world it's a worldwide issue, and everyone is rallying around the Ukraine. We're gonna get into an issue with that, but everyone's rallying around it. There's something that happened yesterday that I must say is deeply disturbing personally that the Holocaust Memorial in the Ukraine that was made to honor the 30,000, 30, I believe, yeah. uh, Ukrainian Jewish Ukrainians who perished uh, in that region. Um, and then they bonded again. Like, it's like they bond the thing that already was, uh, was a memorial. So anyone who thinks that Putin and his people aren't also deeply anti-Semitic and yeah. are yeah. Uh, he is he hates ev- he's a terrible terrible everything dude it, it, it's funny and, and not funny it's fucked up the like funny fucked up like that the same guy this that's talking about denazifying ukraine and his his soldiers they, they they just follow orders right and they're just like oh i guess we're stopping nazis a lot of them are conscripts which means they were drafted right and just kind of they don't know what the heck they're doing they're coming in and they're fully firmly believing we're like trying to stop some Nazis. Meanwhile, they have completely been like, do you see many of them actually just giving up, like destroying their own vehicles, which is great. And obviously many are still fighting, but what a lot are giving up. A lot are actually giving up and just saying, I just want to leave. I don't want to do this. They're, they're crying to go to their parents. They don't, it's a lot of them don't even know that they're actually in Ukraine. They're not even, they take their phones away. Like all the soldiers, none of these soldiers on our front lines have phones. So they can't like they're like literally there without any connection. Just it's only their commanders that are able to communicate with each other. So they like they don't know where they are. They don't once they're there. It's just it's really a strange war. The other the other crazy thing is going back to that Sarah that memorial site. So back in uh, World War II, what happened there? As you mentioned, thirty thousand Jews were killed. What they had, they actually dug a huge pit, and they shot the Jewish, uh, Jewish Ukrainians, they shot them in there. And then they asked Jews that were still alive to walk into that pit and to lay down to make it easier. And then they shot them and they would just go layer by layer by layer and just shoot them and make them walk. And they killed 30,000 Jewish Ukrainians there. There was a woman that survived. She pretended that she was shot and she crawled her way out and she survived to this day. And it was really just hearing her words and hearing her, like just having her say, it's insane that not only do they desecrate this, but even Putin, who claims to be denazifying the you know, Ukraine, there's also Russians that fought against Nazis that were buried, you know, that were memorialized there. And he's also desecrating that same memorial. So it's just the most perverse sort of like symbolic like attack in that specifically for that bomb. It's, uh, it's insane. And I, I guess now is it I'll bring up this little story that I have personally with this because yeah. it I, I think this shows that there there's no black or white to any story to any situation everything has a gray mm-hmm. my grandfather who was a, a survivor he had he maintained friendships with uh, with friends of his that he grew up with who were who fought for the Nazis and when I was a, a kid, we went to back to his town, Eberbach, in Germany. And the uh, family welcomed us into his, to their home. 
And it was my grandfather's friend who fought for the Nazis. They welcomed us in with open arms. They, we were like, uh, like, it was like we were the president. We were like the royal family coming in. It was so, we were, they were so honored to have us. My grandfather and him had kept in touch all those years. And they fought, he fought for the Nazis because he had to. It was that or die. He wasn't a Nazi. And I, br and, and I bring this up because, one, it's a beautiful, it was a beautiful eye-opening experience in my life. And because I remember they showed us slides, they showed us old pictures. And some of the old pictures, he was in his army gear with a swastika on his arm. Did that mean he believed what the swastika said? No. It's just what he had to do to survive. And what, that, what I say to that is, a lot of these Russians are also victims. Yes. They are they are also victims in that they don't want to be there. They don't want to be doing it. It's just where they were born and what they had to do because of life circumstance. So they have to go fight. And they don't want to kill the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians don't want to kill them. They're not enemies. It's this one lunatic, just like Hitler. It's this one lunatic who then gets other lunatics to follow him. And, yep. and then you have this situation that we have now i hope that it's, enlightened in some way yeah i think that it is really insightful aaron it's 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 you know you know they say that it's it's young men fight old men's wars and you know all these generals putin he's not gonna be in the front line and we'll get to this in a second with Zelensky because it's not always the case you know but like it's um it right now these and even you can talk about the sanctions on the russian populace where it's needed to hopefully put some pressure on Vladimir Putin, but really, he's his comfort is not changing at all. You can see this as a man; he doesn't care that his own people are dying on the lines. He doesn't no. care that they're like that their that their ruble is crashing. He doesn't care that they're suffering because he is protected and he is safe. So for him, and I think this is this will get into part of that debate. You know, are sanctions enough? Because it feels like the world is watching. And Aaron, maybe I think you kind of like stated it like in a much more, you know, interesting way. But like, why don't you introduce our debate topic and then we'll. Uh... Yeah. And because with the with the whole, you know, bringing hope to the situation in the Ukraine right now, just to, to finish that off, the hope I have from it so far is the pure will of people. And the Ukrainians have shown that something that. I haven't seen in our country in in the same way in my in our I've, we haven't had a reason to, but I haven't seen it. I've seen us more just hate each other more and more. Um, but the the will of the Ukrainian people to band together and say, no, this is our land. This is our home. We're a democracy. We're a first world country who is proud of who we are, is proud of our life is, pr you know, you've been there, Rohit. It's yeah. a great it's a very cool place. And yeah. Uh, is amazing and part of the reason that they are the way they are in their is their leadership uh by president Zelensky, a jew is uh has been he's been nothing short of heroic even though he doesn't want that word associated with him by being what a leader should be which is standing by his people he hasn't left he hasn't decided to take uh refuge in poland or somewhere else which he could have he's stood there and I would I don't think he's actually fought but he stood there and stayed president stayed the leader and tried to man the ship as as it 
slowly goes down, but it's not going down the way they thought. And so this brings, so I feel hope from the Ukrainian people. As yes. much as I, I don't feel hope lately from the American people, uh, I do feel hope from the Ukrainian people. Yeah. And I think we, we as Americans can learn a lot from the Ukrainian people right now. So our debate topic is, should we, the U.S., send troops to save Zelensky? And this is a real tough one. So why don't you start, Rohit? Yeah. And, you know, Aaron, we see that the world has sort of, you know, outwardly poured their support. People have, you know, changed their profile pictures to be blue and yellow. They put the sunflower next to their names. Um, you know, they've, uh, you know, echoed all sorts of wonderful pro-Ukrainian uh, chants. And that's, that's great. I think the moral support and the outpouring of the world has been fantastic. But how effective is that? And I'm, I, I, I think I've been saying from the beginning is I don't think sanctions, especially sanctions with loopholes that are going to be, I don't think they're going to be enough. Already, the first major city in Ukraine fell. Uh, it's called Kherson. And that's going to be the first domino. And right now, Russia's army is 50 times bigger than Ukraine's. Their budget, their weapons, they're straight up like, Russia has enough people just to keep sending through the front lines and like they can they can not only just have an infinite amount of soldiers, but they also have uh, they can siege the city. They're beginning to siege Kiev and they also now they have Belarus that's that's actually sending troops on the ground. Um, so now they've actually like covered the entire northern part of Ukraine uh, surrounded by enemies, north and northeastern part and also China and North Korea have also joined with Belarus in at least in support. Um, and sh so it's, it's, they haven't sent troops, China and North Korea um, yet. But my fear is that the rest of the world is hoping that some economic sanctions and, you know, and some tweets will be enough. And it's not. I just, I think that, I think Ukraine falls unless we intervene. So I think, again, I think again, there's, is gray. This is a gray situation. If because of the circumstances, because Ukraine is not part of the EU, is not part of NATO, we, if we were to, if we meaning, this isn't, again, this isn't the US, like, it's not like Biden can just, do something right now because he'll alienate all these all allies who he just got back on our side over the last year who all hated us because of Trump. Um, Trump wanted to, for those who don't know, Trump wanted to leave NATO. He threatened to leave it a bunch of times. So we got back to where we have allies. Am I correct so far? You are correct. Yeah. So, so we have allies. We can't alienate our allies. That is... That shows that is the worst weakness we could show to Putin. So in order to keep our allies, we have to make sure we do this strategically so that everyone is on board with what we do. If we were to just send in troops, which seems like the easy right thing to do, we don't know what the 27 other NATO allies or 30 other NATO allies countries would, uh, would feel about that um, if they're ready to do that. I mean, so... 
we can't, I don't think we can do that yet. But it's only been seven days. And Putin is pissing off the world more and more. And the Ukrainians are, it's, it's becoming uh, the Rocky story really quick, where the world is rallying around Zelensky and the Ukraine very fast. They're fighting Russia off. Russia's lost many more people than the than Ukraine has in terms of soldiers. And so the question is how long and and Russia has not been able to get to Kiev to the capital yet. So the question is how long until the world does step in and how long until uh yeah and how long can we wait? I think right now we're not at the point where we could go in yet. I see. I don't know. I mean, every two minutes, a Ukrainian is dying in this. Every two minutes, another Ukrainian is killed by Russian forces, right? And they're using, Russia's already broken the Geneva Convention. They've used cluster bombs. They've bombed schools. They've killed children. They are like, they have breaking all the rules. Well, we know for a fact now that they've committed, that he's committed war crimes. Yes, so things exactly. could change within sure. a day or two. But here's the thing. I don't give a fuck about the feelings of the other United, like UN, the NATO nations. They need to follow our lead. And what we are doing with the world is watching, the world is just watching Ukraine get slaughtered. And it's much harder to reclaim territory once it's been lost than it is to defend it the first time. And we are just watching because I think, oh, we don't want, oh, we, like, I think there's no reason that we shouldn't be like, going at it and I, I know there's like fears of world war and all that but we can't this is if, if, if we live in that fear that means russia has won so and, here's a question though yep with because it's only been seven days and yes it's tragic everything that's happened in those seven days but or and because the tragedy is what it is and it's terrible on besides that we have russia does have nukes we've never dealt with this situation before we have nukes too we do too. Um, do we want to strategically, because if we went in, if we went in, Russia could do anything. All of a sudden, we're at war with Russia. The end. Or Russia's at war with the rest of the world. Russia's at war with the rest of the world. Yes. Do we want to do that? Like, is that a smart thing to immediately just like that do? Or is it smart to instead of be completely reactionary immediately to it's been seven days. I believe in the next seven days, more will happen and more will reveal itself and we will do more. And I just, I personally think in seven days, it's not smart yet to take the massive moves that, that I think you're talking about just yet in a week could be totally different. I just think we you need to be methodical about this. I mean, and, we're recording this March 2nd. In the next seven days, if the world does not intervene with force, Kiev will fall and Ukraine will be lost. Like, there is no time. There is, it's, and just, it's the same thing. Like, the United Nations is a useless organization because there's five nations that have veto power and China and Russia are two of them. And UN can't even impose sanctions against either of them because either Russia or China can just veto those sanctions. So all like so you have that's about to run out though. Like Russia's about to be off of that. Sure, but like in the end, these are like NATO, UN. Like 
they seem to be serving at this point when there's actually a need, when you actually see a country getting occupied and taken over by a hostile neighbor. And it's everybody's like, oh, I don't want to upset anybody. Oh, well, we don't make our allies mad. Like, I don't give a fuck. You, you got, I think the right thing is to protect people. And if it's, I think it's a problem with the NATO nations if they have a problem. You know, like that's their problem that they're just letting people die. So and, here's another, here's another yeah. take. Here's another thing. Yep. I, some people might not, I have faith and uh, I believe in this administration and what they're, what they are uh, doing. And I believe that a lot of what they are doing, we have no idea what is, we do not have any idea about it. We don't have any clue what is actually going on. So what uh, the president said last night about what's going on and what actually, their, what their plans actually are, I think are totally different. I don't think they would, because why, why in the world would they ever publicly let on what they're trying, what they're going to do uh, behind closed doors when they want to make it like, for they hopefully want to make it so Russia's caught off guard. Yeah, but it's it, they could save lives on both ends, on Russia's end and their ends by making their intentions known. Like Russia, we're going to go in. We're going in. We're going to versus like a surprise attack, like a Pearl Harbor type thing. Well, what did he you know? say? Biden said something to that basically that there was a there was a uh, what what's the word like a that one of his one of his lines last night was a very um, ominous, but not but didn't actually say what it what what it meant um i'm trying to remember but it was it was a line to the effect of russia watch out we are we're up to something but it but he wouldn't get into more than that and i understand why like we can't say the specifics of what might happen tomorrow yeah i mean at this point it seems like all we're doing is arresting billionaires russian billionaires who have nothing to do with the battle and just taking their yachts but that's right? not that's actually here's part of the debate that's not true these are the people that control putin and if one of these people are the people who could have putin killed we don't know that i mean imagine that this we were trying to defend hong kong right and imagine because the ccp and china's trying to take over hong kong imagine this was that situation and then what we did is we just started seizing property of rich Chinese nationals. Like, is that right? I don't think it is. I don't think that's a solution. The difference like, is that Putin actually his, the reason he has the power he has is because of these oligarchs. And if these oligarchs, if one of them turns on him or decides, I don't want, this is actually not good anymore, uh, what you're doing, they could off him in a second. He could sure. lose power in a second. And so... If that and last night when uh, when Biden did talk about that, how they're after them now, that was new news to me. I hadn't heard. I didn't that he announced that, and I was like, "Whoa, okay." So that's like, it, you know, they talk about the inner circle. That's going after the inner circle, and if you now, get into the inner circle, you're getting to Putin. I mean, quick. Here's what happens when you arrest one of the oligarchs and seize their property. All of a sudden now, every single American, which there's a lot residing in Russia, their lives now are in a lot of danger. They need to flee that country. So then it, here's a question. If we were to go to war with Russia, if we were to do the other part, this is why I think things are gray. If we were to do the what you just said, if we were to go and attack and fight for the Ukraine against Russia, all those 
Russia, Americans in Russia, immediately their lives are in danger. Well, here's the thing. I think, yes, but I think also we would order them to all return home or go to the nearest embassy and just they, they would flee. And I think that's a part of war is you ask your people to leave the hostile nation and that's normal. But here's the thing. Are we we're right now? You can endanger their lives in two ways. You can endanger their lives by asking them to flee and then you go in and attack Russia uh, or, or de defend Ukraine or you endanger their lives by seizing boats. Mm, they're doing more than that. We know you know that. I mean, they're doing more than just seizing a boat right now. Like that's a figure of speech. They're taking away what makes an oligarch an oligarch. They're taking away all their stuff. They're taking away all their power. How does that stop the bloodshed on Ukrainian soil? It so what you just said, Rohit, I don't know if you realized it, is you said two sides to a story and neither has a good answer. So <laughs> so yeah, it's... and that's the that's the issue that we have now that's which I, I don't have the answer. I just know that it will keep working itself out. And I believe there will end up being some good resolve in the longer term. But there's no good answer on either side. We attack, it's bad. And it's bad for Americans in Russia. It's bad for the world. But it also, yes, you're right. It could save lives. It also could kill lots of people in Americans in Russia, which would be a disaster. If we don't do anything, Ukrainians are dying. And so where's that middle ground? I think that's where it's got to be methodical. I think the only answer, because any drastic measure leads to uh, one form of bad. So we have to be methodical, in, and it's been only seven days. If it's seven weeks and we're in the same place, big difference. It's seven days. And we, we went from nothing to a few sanctions to lots of, like, the world's basically closing down Russia and taking things away from their most their the people there that are actually more important to Russia than Putin. I mean, I don't think Kiev can hold out for seven days. That's the thing. Right now, there's a 40 mile long, they're calling it a, a death convoy. And they say they that, can't, they can't survive away from the railway, right? It's, they'll, I mean, they have air. Russia has every weapon. They're already doing all these crazy bombs. They're targeting, like they've, they've taken down all the TV stations. They've taken out the airports. They're destroying the infrastructure. They're seizing, they're sieging Kiev. And so there's bodies piling up. So can so, you agree with this debate that right now, this given day, there isn't a good answer? I don't think with war there's ever a good answer. But right now, I think that America kind of has to take the lead and they have to protect. Well, we are. We are, we're, all the things that have happened, we're doing. We're hurting Russia's pockets and we are not doing anything else. Uh, I think Literally, it, there's nothing else we're doing. We're I only think, hurting their financial, their finances. If I, if I remember correctly, you said when this started, within three days, Kiev would be gone. It's not. No, I said seven days. Okay, seven days. Yeah. It's not. No, uh, from now. From now. No, no. Th when the war started a week ago. I think you said three days. Did I? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Even, I don't remember talking about it. But I must have. Maybe I did. But it's. It's also. I mean, this debate. Like, I'm curious what our listeners think. It's. There. There's no good answer. I am of the belief that doing anything too rash would be uh, dangerous in one way or another, and we have to be careful while also being smart, methodical, and aggressive. And I think we've taken lots of aggressions and we will take 
many more aggressions in the days to come. Yeah. And I think on the other side, we have the Ukrainian people asking for help and we're not giving it. We're giving them guns and it's just kind of like here, we gave them take 350 this. million dollars of military supplies sure but you need the personnel and you need the strength in numbers and right now you've got just regular old people that are not soldiers that are defending their entire country so then we'll keep going for a second if we decided we're going to uh we're joining the war we're all of a sudden at war with russia Yep. Immediately. So you're suggesting today we go, we say we're at war with Russia. We, Russia is, if Russia, if we don't intervene and Russia wins this, Russia becomes, they have just, the world has just said, we will not stand up to Russia. And Russia becomes the biggest superpower in the world. Next Wait, China. just real quick. So that means let's, we already lost a war. Let's go back. Let's go, let's go uh, micro here. Sure. Right now, today, you're saying let's declare war with Russia and send our troops in. If we did that today yep, and then said to all the Americans in Russia, all right, you've got to flee now. Yep. They wouldn't be able to. There's not a chance. The Russians would capture them. The Americans in Russia would die. They'd be put in camps and would die today if that's what we did. I'm being devil's advocate here to show that, like, it's not some rosy, simple, let's go fight for them. Americans would die in Russia. Everyone would hate it would be that the terrible scene of oh my gosh we're now losing America we went to fight to fight for Ukraine and now Americans in Russia are dying thousands and they're putting camps in it the it would imagine that scene we'd be at war with Russia without an exact plan of what to do we'd beat them hopefully but it would be at the cost of our troops and our citizens lives so that's if we went to war today what would happen and I think the, it, it, that's right. What you said earlier is right. There's no easy answer. There's no answer that doesn't have bloodshed. But if, sorry, when Russia topples Ukraine, it's, it's, if the world doesn't intervene, it's a 100. There's, there's literally, there's no, nothing is more sure than Russia toppling Ukraine. And to, like, there's literally not, there's a 0% chance for Ukraine to win this. And it breaks my heart to say it, but it's a 0% chance that they can withstand Russia's forces and Russia's imposition. And along with Belarus and all that, Chechnya and all that. So, 0% chance that Ukraine wins this. Which that means is now, Russia has said, nobody will fuck with us. We can continue doing this and nobody will fuck with us. What that means is, yes, we, yeah, we avoided a war, we avoided conflict. We just proved that Russia is the most powerful country in the world. And China's been doing the same thing too. You notice these two countries are taking over their neighbors. And as that happens, as the world watches... America and the Western nations are literally become weaker and weaker and weaker. And all of a sudden now we are owned by them. And well, that's, I, if that's, that's, and that's, I think that is something worth fighting for because you would not want two of the most oppressive regimes, the two most oppressive countries like the Russian government and the CCP to be ruling the world. Kremlin and CCP have being the two world powers is a nightmare for this planet like together and and by allowing them to occupy and take over and not stopping them you just you give them much more momentum and you show that we're not we don't want to fight them and well do. i guess we have to leave it at this yeah listeners please chime in tell us your thoughts uh yeah. i think we need to be methodical rohit needs we thinks we need to go in right now even though i think i gave argument as to why that would also backfire but if you side with 
think what we're curious what you think. Also, I think this is going to be answered for us in the form of we're going to know things in the coming days. But Mm. that's why we bring this show to you is when there are giant wars and world ramifications and potential World War Threes, we are here to discuss it and to bring the debate to the forefront of my thoughts, Aaron Wolf (laughs) and Rohit's thoughts so that so that the two of us can bring you an enlightened debate so that you can decide what you think. Yes. And none of these thoughts are reflective of our employers or any projects that we're working on. No, none. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, and, and we do have more show for you also as, uh, as the title of this show says, we do have more show for you than just war, even though we'll talk a little bit more about this, but it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time to be alive. The pandemic's ending and the war is beginning. So, you know, it's like, uh, it's maybe it is like Pat Robertson just said, this is the beginning of the end of times. <laughs> well, he came out of retirement tra- just to say that. <laughs> well, this is a perfect transition to a very quick um, uh, crypto watch. And Aaron, I just want to sort of talk about this and kind of like tie it together, do a little callback to earlier in the segment. The first topic that I want to bring up in crypto watch is cold storage. And to sum it up really quickly, for all of our listeners out there, and for Aaron, for you, um, and for everybody, um, look if you have if you own crypto, you own some Bitcoin, you own Ethereum, you own Litecoin, you own any of those. Um, there's a couple things you want to do. The first thing is get a Trezor wallet or a Ledger wallet, which are these like little hard drives, right? You come up to your computer, and you take all your coins off the exchanges, off of Binance, off of Crypto.com, off of um, you know whatever Coinbase, and you transfer them into your <laughs> cold storage. Now, what this cold storage is, this little hard drive, it kind of like, that's like, it's like storing your crypto offline and do that. And then like, then also get a Faraday case. Now a Faraday case, case or a Faraday box is, uh, is a container that can protect from EMPs, that can protect from radiation and you can store things in there. Right, so you put your crypto in a Faraday box, and by the way, it's not some crazy doomsday prepper shit. Like literally, Yeti makes a Faraday case, um, <laughs> and you know, there's like all these like you can go on Amazon, you can get them for like anywhere from twenty to eighty bucks. Um, but well, here's what, now, here's my question yeah. with that or my worries because yes. I pre- yeah. you you always look out with crypto and you're you're like the Santa Claus of crypto. Except I've given us so many bad tips. We've lost so much money through SafeMoon, KluCoin. Um, <laughs> you're the Santa yeah. Claus. You're the Santa Claus who gives like you give the like Nintendo Switch that's broken. Yeah, yeah, and covered in diseases. And covered in diseases. <laughs> <laughs> My worry with these hard drives always is uh, is that I'll, they'll break or that I'll lose them. Well. If you break or lose them, because it, in their, you know, it, they're actually, it's okay, it's replaceable. As long as you have your handwritten keys, you can get another one. Um, what if I handwrite, what if I lose the handwritten notes that I if write? You lose your handri- if you lose your handwritten keys, and even if you have the, the car, even if you have the drive. You're toast. You, you're toast. You lose everything. However, these exchanges have been hacked. And as we talked about EMPs and all this, Russia has some of the best hacking culture on the entire planet. 
Like those people know how to use the internet. Oh yeah. Uh, they hacked our election. Yeah. They, they, they gotten up to a lot of no good and they will attack the exchanges. They will attack banks. They will attack all of that. If we get to, or when we get to the world war. Um, so protect your investments and put it in storage. Thank you. Rohit, your PSA for crypto is thank you for that. My pleasure. I still have to come over and do it with you. So yes. I know what yeah. to do. But, uh, Anytime, dude. Anytime. And and now we get to move to sports. 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 And I know there's something that you're going to gloat about. But first, let's yep. talk about uh, about the uh, the unlikely boxing heroes, the Klitschko brothers. Yeah, so you have um, Vladimir Klitschko and, um, uh, oh God, his brother, uh, Vitaly Klitschko. Vitaly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Vitaly being the mayor of Kiev. Um, and these two guys, along with Zelensky as a president, and along with athletes, and along with people that are Ukrainians from all over the world, are staying or even returning to Ukraine to fight. They're taking up arms. These people that have never been soldiers in their life, they are, there was a recent, there was a biathlete, a Ukrainian biathlete that came back to fight and that just died um, uh, today. And so they are coming to defend their land. Um, And I think that you talk about sports heroes, and I know Zelensky doesn't want to be called a hero or anything like that, but I think actual heroes are the ones that will go defend the land of their families and their loved ones and protect their homes and above sports. Like I think of Patrick Tillman, if you remember him. Oh yeah. Um, he was an Arab for the, for the younger listeners out there. Uh, he played on, I, think, I don't know if they were the Phoenix Cardinals back then. It might've been, they might've been the Arizona Cardinals at the time, but um, NFL team, NFL player. He was a big defensive player. Um, and he went to fight, I think in Iraq or might've been Afghanistan, but he was killed in friendly fire, um, which is, an unfortunate incident, but it happens when there's gunfire, things can happen. But anyway, he gave up a very promising NFL career and he died for his country. The last time we saw something like that, I think was you had some major league baseball players who Aaron, you might remember there was a famous pitcher that was also a fighter pilot. Um, Oh, well actually a ton of baseball players went and fought in world war two. Yeah. There's a, like a lot of the famous ones. So that's that that's so admirable, you know, and and I just think it's it it's gives a me it gives me hope that yeah. that athletes who have everything will then go risk their lives for the things that uh, that mean the most. Yeah, and like your you pl- like because uh, for uh, like do you know I mean the amount of people who fought in World War Two. Yogi Berra, Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio, Warren Spahn, Jackie Robinson. I mean, it's crazy. Like yeah, the, it's some of the most famous, Hank Greenberg, some yeah, of the most yeah. famous people. There's some bats in there. Yeah, some... that's a good team. <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a lineup. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like... Warren Spahn oh. on the mound. You got leading off Jackie yeah. Robinson, Hank Greenberg cleaning up, Ted Williams hitting 400. I mean, it's everything. Yeah. What would, you, would you put Ted at the two? I think, well, Jackie's got to lead off with the speed, Yeah, right? of course. 100% agree. 100% agree. Probably Ted at two. We're talking about World War II team here. Uh, yeah. Yogi's catching. Uh, Obviously, yep. 
uh, Warren Spawn on, or Bob Feller too. So you have Bob Feller and Warren Spawn on the on the mound. Probably Spawn was Feller a lefty? Yeah. Okay, so you maybe make Feller the the first in the rotation, um, and then Spawn second. Uh, yeah. Then I'd say batting third, Hank Greenberg, the Jew. I think you put yeah, Greenberg great. third. Great movie about him if you want to see a cool movie about a amazing baseball player. And then fourth, put DiMaggio maybe. <sighs> Would you flip DiMaggio and Greenberg though? Maybe just right. for the. I mean, Greenberg's yeah. numbers were insane. Right, but here's the thing: you get that big cleanup bat. I mean, you could honestly have the bases loaded. With no outs in the first <laughs> inning, every single game, every game you know, with Green, yeah, with Greenberg at bat. You have all these amazing. I mean, and then uh, so yeah, maybe switch them. And then I mean, so what we have done is it's called it's called <laughs> go on a tangent for our listeners. We, we have gone from talking about war heroes to the people who fought in World War II to actually making a lineup out of the people who fought in World War II. And I think we made a pretty good lineup, at least a good top five. Oh, yeah. I mean, even with Barra, you could put Barra at the bottom of the lineup. And obviously, Barra back batting in those days, there, was no, there was no DH, right? No, no so, DH. So fuck the DH. Um, yes, I agree. And, yeah, and so that all that just gives us a five, six, seven uh, batters to find. And I'm sure we could fill Oh, there's ton. I have well. Johnny Mize batting sixth. Sure. That's... Uh, Oh, Larry Doby batting seventh. I mean, there's... Uh-huh. So yeah, there, so there's... We need a five. We need a good five. Uh, um, I mean, it's kind of everyone. There's so many more. Um, I'm going to put Jimmy Bloodworth, who I don't know who it is, but because his last name is Bloodworth, yeah, he's batting not? fifth. Why not? And I think we really were on a tangent because Aaron's trying to put off yet another... I am. Yet... I don't know how many it's been, Aaron, thus far. How many bets I've won on this podcast against you? A lot. It's been a lot. A lot. And I would just like to formally congratulate myself again uh, for being right on that Super Bowl bet. Um, and so, yes, uh, Aaron, please congratulate me. So, unfortunately, the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they should have won the Super Bowl, and they had everything going to win the Super Bowl. And the refs basically made it so they didn't win the Super Bowl. Oh, really? What about that face mask that wasn't called in the first half on a touchdown? All right. It's Jalen. It's the the past is over. Row row it. The Bengals (laughs) should have won. It was it was rigged. But you won the bet. And I am uh, I, I forget what I lose, but it's a lot of things. No, you said that you have to like the Giants now, and you're not going to talk shit about them. No, so. I forget. I forget. What did no, I say? No, literally, we can go back to the I tapes. know, I know. So yeah. I have to like the Giants. Is it for a day? No. You No, you did not specify a time period on that. H- how like, long do I have to – Where? how do I have to show my liking of the Giants? The New York Giants, all right. not the It's going to go for this entire upcoming season, and I release you after this next season. Okay, it's not going to be a lifetime thing. You get one season, and the, your tasks are the following. One, thou shalt not commit slander against the New York Giants. But more importantly, to show your support, because you can't remain silent, when Brad and Mike say negative things about the Giants, you have to stand up. for You have to say a nice thing about the Giants or their <laughs> Not players. all the time. Have, just, at least, just at least. No, no, no. You can be silent sometimes, but you have to be consistent. And make sure that you are jumping and saying nice things about the Giants. <laughs> okay. Oh. Oh, all right. So we'll report back on that. I just... Yeah. This is this might be my favorite bet win against you. This one's great. This is better than money. Oh yeah, because like, you were gonna so, have so... to say nice things about like the Eagles and the Dolphins. 
Yes. And I have no problem with the Dolphins. I kind of like the Dolphins. But the Eagles would have been, I don't know what you get out of that besides my pure humiliation. Yeah, your humiliation is a great thing. Yeah, which is probably worth it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I have to. I was just going to criticize. Rowett, by the way, has an Odell Beckham Jr. Giants shirt. He's a wide receiver for the Rams, was a wide receiver for the Browns and the Giants. And I was about to say, what a douche. But I can't do that. Nope. (laughs) You mean what a Super Bowl champion? All right, on to topic two. (laughs) On to topic two. This sucks. Uh, Topic two. This topic is... We have a a few more really fun things to get to. Uh, Topic two is how... The pandemic is more of an endemic now. Uh, Biden even said in the State of the Union, like most of like it never keep your eye off the ball in that this could change at any moment. We never know when another strain could come around and a variant and all that stuff. But for now, we're nearing the end. We can we can get back like the case. There's not much covid left. We can get back to basically our normal lives. But Rohit, maybe you can start with this. There are friends that you have, that I have, that will not let COVID end, even though it's ending. No matter what, they will not let it end. It is going to stay there. And so how do you deal with it? And how much does it drive you crazy? Aaron, that's an excellent question, because I, I've like pondered long and hard about this. You know, you and I, we followed the rules, but when we were you know, given flexibility, and we didn't have to wear a mask. I swear to God, neither of us wore a fucking mask. No. Because that shit sucks. Yeah. Um, but like when we were, when we needed to, when we were required to, we 100% of the time wore one. Um, and so we respected other people and all that shit. And I think there's, I think we have to flip the question on its head. Everybody's asking so much like, hey, what are you going to do to respect the feelings of the people that are still scared, that are, you know, wearing masks and all that? I think they need to ask what they are doing to respect my feelings. Yes. And I feel hope already. Yeah. And here's the thing, man. And here's how my feelings are hurt. And I want immediate things to change. My feelings are hurt by people that (laughs) have masks over their Twitter profile pictures. My people, my feelings are hurt (laughs) by people that treat their caution of a disease as a personality trait. And (laughs) my my feelings are hurt by, there was this, fucking NPR guy that I was listening to. He was doing some movie reviews. Then he was like doing a transition. He's like, oh, up next, we're talking uh, to people that are going to be on the ground. Because as Los Angeles lifts its mask mandate, many of us, myself included, we're going to continue to wear masks in social situations just for our own personal comfort. Will the rest of the world be accepting? I'm like, no shit. No, fuck off. And like, if you want to wear a mask, fine. But don't make it a personality and don't give me eye rolls because you feel more comfortable I wear one. Because you know what? I don't have to wear one, so I'm not going to. Um, so here's a question for you. Because I love every, everything you're saying right now is giving me hope. And you're doing a great job. <laughs> you're with um, friends, let's say, in two weeks. Yep. You're with friends. And one of the friends says they don't feel comfortable eating indoors. So they want to eat outside at a restaurant and it's cold out. And there is zero science that says that there's any purpose to not eating inside and that it's going to do anything different. And this friend says that to you. What do you respond with? Oh, no. looks like they only had inside tables. (laughs) 
Oh, but I, I see an outside one right there, and I think oh, no, there's that, a heater. Yeah. I get hot real easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tough situation. Or do you, you say, know? look, I don't feel comfortable living in this place of fear anymore. It actually makes me feel sick to my stomach because of what we had to go through the last couple of years. And I don't want to be reminded of that when now we can be free again. That is quite compelling and quite thoughtful. But Aaron, the truth is I say a lot of tough things, but I'm an absolute coward. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I would be too socially timid to <laughs> say <laughs> I only talk shit truly to people on the internet that I don't know. And I do a lot of that. <laughs> because, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Um, I got a lot of yeah, it so yesterday, that's, that's, too. Uh, yeah. I mean, but that's just the honest to God truth. I think I would just be, but I would be annoyed and probably talk shit about them later. <laughs> so you talk about them behind their back <laughs> yeah. after the back. Or I'd subtweet them. So they can't <laughs> technically like tie it to them. I love um, I love that. I love that you're open and honest with your cowardness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, My pleasure. <laughs> I'd probably say what I said to you. And then they'd get mad and then I'd get mad and then I'd regret it. So I should probably take after you and just not say anything. Cowards of the world unite. So. Uh, amen. Well, I feel some hope in what you just said. And then I feel Great. terrible because then just be a coward and don't say anything. And just sit outside and be a little bit internally angry. Hey, well, if there's another positive note, whenever you and I are hanging, we don't have to worry about that shit. No, so, we've, yeah. I mean, we've done a lot of things. Over these last yeah. couple of years, yeah. We've, we've, yeah, we've done just fine. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, this is a big. So, I feel hope. Thank you for that. Um, and everyone who's still scared of COVID, look at the science. We followed the science in 2020, 2021, and now the science has changed. We're not in 2020 anymore. You don't need to be scared. Live your life. Trust me. You only have so many years on this earth. The end. Uh, and if you have pre-existing conditions, be more careful. The end. Uh, hopeless TV. So this is a big hopeless TV. Maybe the biggest we've ever, one of the biggest we've ever had. Both of us work in, uh, in film and television in different capacities. So when things that we are personally working on come out, it's extra big. And, uh, uh, I don't know if there's anything you feel hopeless about with this, but there is a big, uh, is there something you feel hopeless about before I bring it up? Actually, I don't think so. I think this is purely a positive moment. All right. So a purely positive moment. Rohit uh, has worked with the show Severance, which is on Apple uh, TV. And it came out recently. Everyone go watch it. It's on Apple TV Plus or I don't know, whatever yep. those things are. Yeah. So the, the Apple TV Plus app. And it stars a lot. Of, there's a lot of interesting people in it, like... Uh, John Turturro, Adam Scott, if you know him. I know he's less known as a name, but you know his face. But John Turturro, you know him. Uh, Christopher Walken, everyone knows him. And and different different actors. Patricia act Arquette. Patricia Arquette, everyone knows her. Right. Um, and then the and it's uh, directed, solely directed, nothing more, by Ben Stiller. He's not in it, so don't expect to see his face. Everyone knows him, though. And uh, Rowett, I have watched the first, how many have come out? Three? Uh yeah, 3. And by the time you guys are listening to this, it might the fourth one might be out. Might be out. 
Um, yeah. Might not. But I've watched the first three episodes, and I have to tell you that I have questions still. I have... Because uh, uh, this is a show where we are honest. I am not... I am sold that everyone has to watch these first three episodes because you've got to see this show. You've seen nothing like it before. It is a wild ride and it is very weird. It is very, it is about these without any spoilers. It's about a place where you go and you work. Think of any corporation. Think of uh, Apple. Hey, think of Apple. And you please don't think of Apple. Name another company. Okay, please. fine. Any other Microsoft. Think of Microsoft. Great. Yes. You yes. go to Microsoft to work. The moment you step into Microsoft, everything that goes on in your personal life, which is called your Audi, goes away. And you're on your innie, which is your at work life. So when you're at Microsoft, your family doesn't exist, your friends don't exist, nothing that happens out there exists. Only what happens at work exists. And then when you're out in the real world, whatever happened at work doesn't exist. So you have no idea what you actually do at work. That's the concept of the show. And everyone go check it out. And do you have any questions for me? I do have a question for you, Aaron. And now for, for the audience, it's like, imagine like you go to the office and you badge in, right? You, you wake up in the morning, you drive to the office, you badge in, you blink, you open your eyes, and all of a sudden it's dark outside and you're leaving work. You have no idea what just happened and like, and you're just like, hey, that was a work day. And she's like, boom, I did that. Aaron, would you, if this was real, would you undergo the severance procedure if you worked in a business, like a corporate job or? Um, ooh, no. Or no, because I think that, uh, I think that what, I'm not gonna, it's not a spoiler, but I think what, the, pr the problems with corporate America are problems with corporate America. They're not problems with the the workers who work in corporate America. Uh, corporate America, at its essence, is a massive problem. But those people need to bring those experiences back into their real world lives so that we can hopefully get change in corporate America. That was a very thoughtful answer and a, not a very selfish answer. I was only thinking of it selfishly um, <laughs> because, you know, this is and this is why this is like the philosophical question that every viewer is going to ask themselves is, oh, of course, it sounds great. Yeah. What if I like imagine like never having to actually work because you don't you just blink and like the workday's over. But the outer part is like you still have your inner part of your brain that imagine it opens its eyes. It's 9 a.m. It's going to work. And then it does its job all day. And it knows that it doesn't know anything about, you know, you don't know anything about yourself or if you're gay, straight, have a family, live in a house or an apartment, whatever. You don't know anything about that. No. Then at the end of the day, a long, tiring work day, you go to the, you go to leave like the, the building and then you blink and you open up your eyes again. And all of a sudden you're starting the next work day and then you leave and then you go back and then you blink like, and you are just, your innie is just like, it, that's to me, it, a, it's that's a, it is just a scary place. It's giving uh, corporate America too much of uh, too much of a like they get off easy, and uh, and we can't be uh, right. I want corporate America to uh, to like disintegrate and to uh, to totally uproot and change because I think it's a it controls this country way too much. So I bring back bring back agrarian culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agrarian society. Exactly. <laughs> let's just uh let's unite. 
for agrarians. Yeah, let's be farmers and shit. Um, um, oh, okay. But one yes. one thing though that I do find a little funny with this show yeah, is yeah. that they're making a show about about potentially anti corporate culture while doing a show for corporate culture. <laughs> The irony <laughs> is not lost on that. Like, All right. Trust me. Yeah. And I think it's 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 kind of the wink there too. Um I just encourage, you know, you can watch it on any device, um, Roku, any smart TV, Apple TV apps on everything, Android TV, all that kind of shit. Um the uh I I'm just very excited because as the season progresses, there's some things I can't talk about yet, but I've been making a lot of cool content for the show. Um and you'll be start to see that in the world. We've put everything on pause because of really what's happened. The more important stuff that's happening in the world, yeah, you know, across the ocean. So like, it's oh, so, so also point- do a fo- follow Apple on, Apple uh, TV on on Twitter and Instagram because you might see some of the stuff that Rohit has personally put his heart and soul into. Yes, and actually specifically Apple TV Plus because we got two handles: Apple TV and Apple TV Plus. Don't ask me why. But um, <laughs> wait, so... is that because of corporate culture and certain things in corporate <laughs> culture that are? <laughs> so, but Aaron, thanks for the shout on the show. Um, I really hope that you guys enjoy it, and I look forward to once we get to the finale. Like, oh man, talking about it. You know, I can't I hope wait. We stick with it. Oh, I will. I will. I will. Oh. I would stick with it if I didn't like it, and I am enjoying it. So. Oh, but, awesome! But and, and the cinematography is really beautiful in the show. It's really yeah. It's shot. It's shot well. And um, man, I I, I want to say more, but I don't want to give too much away because a lot of people haven't seen it yet because it's so new. But uh, but it's it's very it's a very interesting concept, and I'm very curious. All I'll say is I'm very stick with it for the concept, and it's okay to be curious because I am right now what the point of these characters are because right now I'm not terribly invested in the characters. I'm very invested in the concept and where they go with the plot, like the plot character wise. I'm not there yet plot. Oh my gosh. I need to see how this keeps going. (laughs) Love it. I love it. Well, you'll see more character development. And I think part of it is, is, you know, is the mystery of these characters too. That's Um, part of it. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, uh, and so now let's, and congrats also big, Hope uh, Hope Gong on Rohit for this uh, this show oh, coming thank out. You. And and if it matters to anybody, it's getting really good reviews too. So it's not just Aaron and I talking about it. It it it's got like, great reviews. Yeah, yeah. it's like a, it's one hundred and four percent on Rotten Tomato. Yes, <laughs> as we know, we don't really always trust Rotten Tomato scores because they tank certain movies that don't deserve to be tanked just because people are salty, whatever it is. You know, there's all like a lot of that stuff. Like, so don't use that. But sometimes, you know, this is a ninety five on there. But that's pretty good. You agree with it or not? Yeah. Um, and those five. I'm bitter at that. Passwords. I'm bitter at the Rotten Tomatoes. At for you know, there are some people I care about. Their products they did not treat well, and so you know that was really unfair. Uh, so. Oh yeah. We got lots of trolls. Lots of trolls. I I can relate to that. But anyway. Oh, uh, that's who I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There have been some um, mean some mean Rotten Tomatoes in the past who do not uh, who do, who yeah they troll so. Screw that site and just go watch the show. Yeah, exactly. Take our word for it. Great. So now we have some hope in 60 before we end the, uh, before we end the show. And do you want to get the timer out as the official timer? Um, and I think the first two are yours. Um, and 
Aaron, you're going to, and as a reminder for the rules uh, of this, Aaron will take 30 seconds to, up to 30 seconds to explain a problem and give me 30 seconds to kind of solve, give him hope for it. And starting now. So my problem is really quick. I just, I feel absolutely terrible that besides the whole Holocaust memorial thing we talked about, that right now the chief rabbi of the Ukraine is holding up with Jews in, uh, in some unnamed location, in some synagogue, to seek refuge from this war. And I just feel like, oh my gosh, we've seen this picture before, and it's actually happening again. So give me hope. Jesus, I didn't know that. And if I may actually even relate it to, you know, where Jews seeking refuge, the first thing everybody thinks is Anne Frank, right? Yep. And she kept the diary, and the diary was later found. And... But now at least the world can watch these horrors like from these first person's perspective. So it's not just something that's historical. He's going to be able to share that horror. And maybe that's what can get people to empathize and see it happening to make it more real so it doesn't happen again in the future. I hope so. Or yeah, that, that's it. We just got to keep. And at least this is the social media war where people are seeing more than they've ever seen before. So I hope people yep. see these stories firsthand. And that's why I think it's going to move at a more rapid pace toward a resolution. You might be right. Because we're seeing be right. things. Would Zelensky be the hero he is without social media? No. No, absolutely not. Like, even if he said that some of those quotes, they, they might be like taken out. Oh, he didn't say that or might not get the right press or whatever. Yeah, but you are absolutely right. All right. Next topic is also his dick video. <laughs> the fact <laughs> yeah. that he did a his his dick he played piano with his penis up for comedy <laughs> yeah on stage with a lot of people is great yeah uh yeah that's he's like like the i think he might be my favorite politician <laughs> and i don't ha i don't have very many of those uh but anyway let's go for your second one um actually my second one i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm not gonna do i want you to go okay. i want you to go i was gonna do a second one that i don't want to do Great. And the reason I don't want to do it is because I don't want to do it. So let's go to Rohit. Perfect. All right. Well, this will be another quick one um, starting now. So, Aaron, I went to the shooting range the other day and I forgot to wear my ear protection after the intermission break where they clean up like, you know, some of the area. And um, I was standing right next to my friend that's firing a very big oh, so uh, stupid. gun with a I think I have I just took one. of. Oh, yeah. This was the size of the bullets that were being fired oh. out of there. It's like the size of my thumb or my pinky rather. Yeah. Um, and my ear is still going. All right. I have an easy. And it's been like four days. I have an easy I one for hope. you. Yeah. I personally would never go to a shooting range. I don't think, I don't think anyone who goes to a shooting range is cool or cooler or more manly because of it. As you said earlier, you aren't, you're not, you're cowardly. You're a giant pussy. And so <laughs> yeah, big just because you went to the shooting range doesn't mean that now you're manly. Just don't go to a shooting range. Guns are bad. They hurt people. We don't need to shoot guns to show our, if you want to shoot a gun, go paintballing. I don't know if I find hope with that because my tinnitus has only gotten worse and <laughs> I, and, but, and shooting that MP6 was really fun. Like it but was, what is the, uh, is the, what's happening now fun that you have, that you no longer can hear anything and we're doing all of this in braille. <laughs> I'm just reading Aaron's lips and I'm not really sure what he said this entire pod. <laughs> um, so 
I would say I don't know if it was worth it, but my right ear is definitely still in pain. Um, and because uh, that was pretty close to uh, the, you know, where it was being fired and it's just loud. Well, um, you shouldn't have gone, yeah. dude. You shouldn't have done dude, it. I, Paintballing's you fun. You should come with me. Paintball is really fun. But, dude, you should come with me one of these days and we'll just like hit metal targets. And every, every time he goes, bing, and you're like, oh, that was fun. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> then you go home. And then you go home and then you can't hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's our hope in 60. We have one final thing that is a big hope fulfilled. Do you want to do you want to say it, Rowett? Aaron. Yeah. And I think we touched on it earlier. The mask mandates are over. It's over. And can I tell you something? Today, I had to, as I said, I had to go to a lot of stores. The Apple store, they actually handed me a mask. I still had to wear it because it's, it's a giant corporation and they have these yeah. rules. But I went to Best Buy and got to walk in. No mask. Got to go get whatever I, a cord that I had to get. No mask. Check out. No mask. Oh my God. And it felt freeing, liberating. I was thirsty too, so if I would have put the mask on, I would have felt extra parched and my lips would have been extra dry. I could, I could, they could, the, the workers there could hear me. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful thing. It's like, I just feel like Frodo standing atop the precipice over the fires of Mount Doom. And he's just like, it's over. It's done. <laughs> and so... It is. Yeah. It is now. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. I recommend that you go go to a Target, go to a Walmart, go to a Whole Foods, go to a gas station, walk in there and feel the fact that you still might get sick because we always have a chance to get sick. But there's sure. now no there's a bigger chance you'll get like a cold or a flu or something than you'll get COVID. So walk in, enjoy yeah. that free, possibly virus filled air. Let's let's breathe that good American air. And <laughs> until next time, um, we hope that we brought you some hope this episode. Um, Aaron, we, thank you for another spirited debate. Great debate. Can't wait to hear see what actually just happens. And like I said, I hope I am wrong. A lot of these debates decide I take. Maybe I'm not necessarily a nihilist, but sometimes I am. I do hope that the side I'm taking is absolutely wrong. But sometimes I just go with my fears. So I hope you're right. I hope that this can get resolved in a non-violent manner. Um, in a medium. It'll, I think it'll be a gray manner. Yeah. And uh, so. And with that, uh, we'll see you next time. And thank you for, uh, for putting up with us. Yeah. And follow the Aaron Wolf um, on all platforms. Follow Vo Hit for Rohit with the number four on all platforms. Follow The Hopeless Show on all platforms. And give us five stars. Rate us. And everybody that rates us, give us five stars. Aaron will give you $100. Yeah, I will. I will. And please support me on Twitter because I have had so many trolls come at me like in the yeah. last couple of days. And I'm really sick of them. So, Or, or troll Aaron and be really funny. And then <laughs> or do that. That's what you trolled him with. Or yeah. you, you're welcome to do that too. <laughs> uh, Till next time, we're out. Yes. Stay hopeful. When the world seems gold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes. That glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show. With their